Welcome back. We are live at Faithies, and I mean live. Like, I haven't done live radio in almost 10 years. In August, it'll be 10 years. We're doing Crab Cake Row, a cup of Super Bowl. This guy has joined me on the real radio row back in the day. I don't know. How many Super Bowls have you attended, Femi? You've attended two. Yeah, both Ravens. And you played in only one. Correct. And you won. Correct. Well, my brother ring? played in one, Where's and he won. Oh, no, I, come on. The ring's at home, baby. I don't, I, don't, I don't just wear the ring around. I mean, come on. It takes, some way, it takes away something if I just wear the ring when every you, day. How often are you – that's a good question. How often do you wear the ring in a year? So I do a lot of charity events, right? I do a lot of stuff with the Ravens Legends community, um, and I do a lot of stuff with Turnaround, obviously. So I'd say I probably wear it 10 times a year because I know that people have never seen a ring before, and it's kind of like my ring will be the first ring. It might be the only ring they ever get to see. So when I'm out in public and I know it's a, a worthwhile event, um, and I'm not worried about anybody running away from me. I can still run them down. You know what I'm saying? I still got some legs on me. You right. know what I mean? I can still catch them. Well, you are running back. Yeah, I can still run. You still doing hot? I am every day, baby. Just got done. Just before I came here. Okay. Yeah. So we can, you, you, you going to tell them I, what it is? You going to tell them what the hot is? All right. So Femi, I, I met you in 99 when you 99, got, yep, not, when you got yep. here. That was the first year I was nationally syndicated on Sporting News Radio and 101 Sports. And I did the show every Monday from Philadelphia from the NFL Network, uh, NFL Film, not Network. There wasn't the NFL Films from their studio. So Steve Sable, Ron Jaworski, Merrill Hodge, Greg Cosell, people we know now. But Brian Baldinger was my co-host. We did every Monday when you were playing from 2 until 6. We would go up there. And Baldinger was not fresh out of the league. He's probably 10 years out of the league at the time. But he had played three places, Dallas, Philadelphia, Indianapolis, all on concrete. Like, literally. You know, that turf that has, like, the And, you know, Baldy, 6'5", yeah. and the finger and yeah. all that, right? Yep. Baldy says, nasty. You got to get on the mat. You got to do yoga. You got to do Bikram. You got to get hot yoga. It, flexibility. And he would hold his leg up. And he, stuff he does on camera, he's 25 years older. 1999, I took my first yoga class with a guy named Moses Brown in Columbia at, uh, at, a, at a yoga studio. It w- wasn't warm. It was regular. It was learning. Four corners. The geometry of staying behind your knee and staying square and not getting out over your legs when you're doing things. You don't get hurt. And then the hot came after that. Once I started sweating and got, I'm a 55. I'm in pretty, I'm not an athlete, but I'm in pretty good shape, you know? And I'm still on the mat three, four days a week, and I like hot. I don't do Bikram, but I do hot vinyasa. Yeah, I only do Bikram. I, I will only do Bikram. And I only, I only do variants of Bikram, by the way, because for what I need... Um, I can negotiate all my injuries. I know exactly what I'm getting into. No matter where I go on the planet, it's always the 26 same. 26 and 2 26 everywhere. 26 and 2. And it could be a 60-minute. It could be a 75-minute. It could be a 90-minute. It could be some variant of Bikram, and I know exactly what it is. And what I love is uh, the etiquette and the culture of it. It's not about lifting weights. It's the total antithesis of weightlifting. It's 180 degrees away from there. It's about... You're not competing. You're not there to be loud and grunting. And it's not about you. It's about really um, being one with the class and being in sync with everyone in the class. Now, if you, if you need a break or you're tired or, or you're just not feeling it, you can lay down and no one cares. Like, it's, it's, the, it's I, the most seamless kind of um, approach um, in regard to mental, emotional, physical, spiritual kind of health. You're That's what I love about it. it. Oh, That's why Baldy was. I started doing I'm addicted it 10 years to it, ago. but not Bikram. I'm addicted to Vinyasa. Yeah, I started doing it 10 years ago. It was one day a week when I first moved back to Baltimore when I was doing my MBA at Hopkins. It went from one day a week to two days a week to three days a week to four days a week. I do it seven days a week. I've been doing it seven days a week for the last five years. I've been doing it for 10 years. I did over 400 classes last year. There's only 365 days yeah. a year. What does that tell you? I was doing doubles. I was asking you. Yeah, if I do you... doubles all the time. 
Like, I remember when you started going every day. Yeah. Well, I was living down in the city. I would run in. We yeah. would run into each, each other. other. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, remember during well, the pandemic, we were each other all the time. The harbor, we just yeah. see each other, exactly. right? And, and I'd be like, so every day, every day, every day. You like bowling? Every day, every day. Yeah. I, I I like a little rest. I got an L3, L4 thing that I had yeah. a surgeon tell me they were going to cut on me. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, no. I have no. L4, L5. So the thing is, you know, this is the thing. That's why I do doubles because if I want to do six days and I need to do another day, I can make up for that day. And there's some time, sometimes where I'll do maybe seven, eight, nine, ten days in a row of doubles. And then maybe I'll take two or three days off. But I'm always going to average more than one class a day for the, for the year. You only go sense. to a classroom setting. Can you... Do you? This is where I'm. No, getting. I can't. No, I can't. I don't love the studio I'm, I go to right yeah. now, so I'm not going to promote it. You need to come to my studio. No, no, hang on. Breathing Dragon in Harbor East, baby. What's up? Let's go. You're not the only one to invite me to Breathing Dragon. <laughs> I love it's, it because it's, it's called Breathing best. Dragon. Well, it's a gonna, block from my house. The man. thing I love about yoga is breathing. Like yeah. the, the fact that you just concentrate on your breathing and getting into a movement, right? Like. In its simplest form, that's the truth. But you know what's good for me, though, is somebody who's always, like, thinking about the next thing, the next vision, the next thing I'm trying to build, the next thing I'm trying to work on. I can go microscopic, like, really deep inside myself and think about, like, my kids, my life, what I'm doing, my trajectory. But then I can go telescopic. Like, how am I going to help those people? How am I going to do this next thing? What's a year look like? What's two years look like? What's my son's graduation look like? Oh, you're thinking of other things when you're on the yoga mat? All the time. It's my safe space. I am thinking about the next pose and holding this pose. I think about... And that's what I love about it is because Breathing. I, for me, because I know my body really well, my cat, body's though. on autopilot. Like I'm, I've always been, you know, I'm, I'm an athlete, right? So I understand where my arms and legs and, and body parts need to be. That's not the hard part. The hard part is letting the yoga work. It's like sitting, sitting in that stew and letting yourself cook a little bit. You need to like absorb that. I and, agree with and that. And what gets me through that's that, great. what gets me through that is my creativity and my thinking. And in every single thing that I do that's of value, I spend time thinking about in that class every single I day. I am so not that because I yeah. do this for a living. Mm-hmm. So when I'm there, it is, it's almost like a sleep meditation I, for me. And I love that for it's people. It's a moving meditation. I love that for people. Right? Yeah. And I don't know how to explain it because I'm not a meditator. Well, I can't go sit and just own myself. And I like ohms and I like, mm-hmm. in, you know, like I was, the first place I did Hot yoga that mattered is, was with Kim Manfredi at, at, at Midtown Yoga that then became Charm City Yoga that then became uh, Yoga Works. They sold off. She was, it was, it was candles, mantra, ohms, serious Sanskrit, and the walls would drip onto your, your head. But it wasn't Bikram. It was different every time. Yeah. You know, the Bikram thing, the thing about Bikrams is the same every time. That's yeah, what I, I don't that. like about it. But see, it. because as a that? disciplined person, though, like I need that. And like I said, because people look at me, they don't realize that I have cervical neck issues. I have lumbar issues. You know, I have thoracic back issues. I've had my foot reconstructed. I've had knee surgery. I'm great until I do something I'm not supposed to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the problem with doing random yoga is instructors look at me and they go, oh, you look like you're in amazing shape. And I'm like, oh, I'm in great shape because I know how to take care of myself. I'm not stupid. Remember, I'm a human performance expert by trade, by the way, too. Like, I mean, I, I know physiology. I understand exercise science. Like, when I retired, that's what I jumped into. I jumped into the health and fitness space. But then I added the kind of entrepreneurial mindset to it. I added the discipline and, uh, you know, the collaborative component. Like, I, I, I really look at things in a real holistic manner at this point. And guess what? A lot of those ideas and a lot of that creativity, guess where it came? On the mat. On the mat. On the mat. Yeah. Femi Ivadejo's here. He is a, a Super Bowl 35 champion. His brother's a Super Bowl 47 champion. Uh, how's he doing? 
Excellent. Good. Outstanding. Did Florida still? Nope. He's uh, been back in California, remember? We're from California. So I know yeah, that. He went to UCLA, yeah, but he's been living back in California since he retired. He was in Lauderdale, opening yeah, juice te- stands. Temporarily, bro. Temporarily. All right. Well, that's good. Back right. in California. Before, California. I wanna... Florida, never. We're going to do turnaround. All right. We're going to do all that. Yeah. I, I just give me a little Let's Ravens. talk about the Ravens. Hey, let's yeah, talk give, about me, it. give me a little. Where, where I'm still are heartbroken, you? brother. I'm still hurting. I'm still hurting. This is, this is my summary. And I know that it's really hard to see the forest from the trees when you're in the forest fighting. And I just don't understand the game plan. And it, I wonder, there's two questions I'd ask myself. Why was it a, not a run-heavy game plan? It's the, it's the path of least resistance. They had just given up 184 yards to Buffalo. Their run defense is not good. And we went out there the way the Niners tried to play us and throw the ball all over the place. I don't know if it was what they saw based on the fronts and the defensive packages. And the thing is, they were a nickel and dime almost the whole game. Like, that's, that's like daring you to run. So I don't understand that part of it. And I understand from a from a planning perspective that maybe Coach Munkin thought that it was going to be one of those 30-point games. So he was like, I'm gonna, it's going to be a 30-point game. I, we need to score 30 because it looked like they, maybe that's what was going to happen. But you've got to play the scoreboard, in my opinion. And, like, full transparency, this is the best team in Ravens history. This last team, and I'm, I'm saying talent You were a pretty good one. Absol- no, 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 no. Stop. Talent-wise, this was the best team in Ravens history. Not the best-performing Ravens team because they didn't win a Super Bowl. But from, from zero to however many guys you have on that, on that practice squad, 90 guys, injured, injured reserve, all that stuff, the best front office, coaching staff, the best team in Ravens history. But it doesn't mean that they are, are Super Bowl-worthy. They weren't. They didn't, they didn't get there. But I can say that and be honest and say this is the best Ravens team we've ever seen. Look at the numbers, dude. Well, the DVOA, I mean, all the, 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 the sports science part yeah. of it is yeah. they beat teams more thoroughly. Than anybody in history. And they had a lead in 17 games at the two-minute warning. Yeah. I mean, that, the, 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 issue, the issue for me um, is that you don't get too many cracks at, the, at something like this. And that's, this is going to hurt for a while. And I, didn't, I never thought the 2019 team was the best team in Ravens history, but they were really damn good. This team, for me, I never assume anything. The game is played on the field, not on paper, right? So I can't imagine how they feel. But in some ways, maybe they've moved on because they got to start prepping for the next season, right? But for me, it was just such a gut punch because I just felt like I never want to assume, but I was like, dude, these dudes are serious. Like, this, is, this team is a whole nother animal than anything I've ever seen in Baltimore. And we're, we, we, we have the, I think the Ravens have the third winningest record since their inception sure. in the league. So th- look at all the, like, my brother's team, the team I was on, like, they're, I've, been, I've seen some damn good teams. I was on the 1998 Minnesota Vikings team that went 15-1. and one. I talked to that Brian team, about that last that week. That team is better than th- that. This Ravens team would have whooped that team's ass. I forgot you were on that team. Yeah, I was. So I'm just saying, Dude, like. you know what, the, like, to lose a championship game. I do. I do. And, and um, we haven't had a lot of that. We've had yeah. a couple, but not at home. No, no, not there at was home. Some of, there was something about last week that. I felt like it was going to take a long time to get, and then this Oriole news pops. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got to the Orioles to finally yeah. heal us after 30 and, and then, years. I'm, you glad, know? I'm glad he left Milwaukee and, and went to the American League because I'm a Giants fan, and he's handled us many times. You know what I mean? So I'm happy he's out of the National League. But let me say this, too. I'm bullish on the Ravens. I love this team. I love the – you know, come on. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know. I'm Raven. I got you. I'm, I'm going to give my critique because that's what I do, but Coach Harbaugh is a Hall of Famer. Eric DeCosta is one of the best in the business. George Canis is one of the best in the business. Obviously um, – couple guys have left. Um, this coaching staff, uh, Mike McDonald, oh, my God. Like, that was another gut punch for me because I felt like he's probably one of the best defense coordinators we've ever had. And the work on the but quality shows it. The no, we, we get poached. We get poached, all, yeah, we get poached all the time. And I'm happy for Zach Orr. Zach Orr is a born and bred and groomed Raven. And, and he's story. ready for it. When I listen to Coach Harbaugh talk about Zach, I'm like, oh, yeah, this dude's about to go in there and murder it. Because he's going to take what Mike taught him. 
He's going to have his own personality as a former player. He didn't, I mean, he, he wasn't that long ago that he was playing. You know what I mean? And he's connected to these guys. So don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I make that statement that this is the best Ravens team in NFL history, but the core is still there, right? I mean, not everybody's going to come back, but I think that all the guys that they need, maybe get draft a rush end, draft another receiver, probably have to draft a tackle. But when I look at this team, I expect them to be in the AFC Championship here again, playing the Chiefs again and redeeming themselves. That's what I expect. All right, last thing for you before we get to turnaround, because I'm going to bring them out. Do some yeah. what do you, maybe this leads into that, because you've invested yourself in this community in a lot yeah. of ways. I mean, I, I don't know what makes a, a, you know, a running back like you 25 years that you're here and you stayed. And other guys didn't. And you could have gone to you could have gone back home to California. Business well, I did, and I came back. Remember, I left, and you then were I came San back. Diego? Yeah, San, right. well, we, yeah, I grew up in Santa Cruz. I went to San Diego State. San Diego had been my home base since 1995, and when I retired in 2010, basically, I was back there. I mean, my home base was always San Diego. And then in 2014, I was like, I need to be around my kids every day. They're little. They need me. You know what I mean? Mom and I weren't married, but we're co-parenting as best we can. But you can't say you're being, doing a good job when you're across the country. Right. So I sold everything. If it didn't fit in my Tahoe, I got rid of it. And I, and I used it as a reset, as a, I call it positive self-disruption. You know what I mean? Second act. Next Second, act. Yeah, for sure. Next Almost act. the third act, really. Right, right. And I enrolled at Hopkins, and I got in, and, you know, a lot of people, you're not going to get in Hopkins. I'm like, what? You, you, you clearly don't know, like, what, like, the kind of student. Like, I've always been a student athlete, like, legitimate student athlete. What's your GPA in you high know? school? Oh, I mean, yeah. not, not great. Probably three, three point three point four or something. Sorry. My SAT was good. I mean, I don't remember. Listen, but, listen, but listen. But my point listen, is, is my you dad went to has San a Diego PhD. State. You're not yeah. dumb. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean that was a good choice. I mean, of all places you can go, that's a good place to well, go. Well, no, to I went there because they offered me a football scholarship. It, you know, didn't I didn't care what go the school Aztecs. was. You know what I mean? That's fine. But oh, but I'm hey, I'm a, I'm an Aztec though. I, hey, I love San Diego State. I love and the you experiences know I that do. I had there. You know there. my aunt yeah. lived right off College Avenue, yeah. El Cajon Boulevard, yeah. and original Rubio's out yeah, exa- there. Hey, right, right on, on El Cajon Boulevard, right there. Theater. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Tony Gwynn Stadium. Have you been there recently? Uh, last you should time. see what the campus is like now with Snapdragon Stadium, and uh, you know they have the pit down there where it's that's, that's New Mexico. San Diego State has their their foot their basketball arena, the arena, you know, the, yeah, arena. the it, Cox it's, Arena. Yeah, it, it's called. insane. Uh, it's it's amazing. The campus is beautiful. It's 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 off the chart. All right, I'm gonna keep them for another segment. We're here to talk about Turner. Turner came to me because Steve Elliott, my chiropractor, to be my back, mm-hmm. um, donates to Turnaround. So, um, and I didn't know what it was. I said, I said. Well, We'll, we'll get more information. We'll have him out on the Crab Cake. Here we are. So it's Crab Cake Row. We're at Fadley's. It is a cup of Super Bowl. I've got a whole bunch of uh, canned goods here. We're going to be at Costas all day on Tuesday. Wednesday, we're going to be at Coco's. Thursday, we're going to be at State Fair in Catonsville. Friday, up at Pappas. Bring us your canned goods. Bring us your stuff for the Maryland Food Bank. I've been holding up these little things I printed out. And we also take cash because, like, they need money, too, like everybody else. Uh, and we've been featuring charities here all week. It's all brought to you by our friends at the Maryland Lottery. 10x to cash. I'm giving these away all week long, too, when you come out. So free soup, free lottery tickets. It's our friends at Window Nation supporting us as well as Jiffy Lube. And I brought my scoop because I want to give you the scoop on Wise Markets. I was inspired by Wise Markets doing this Maryland food bank thing with WMAR a couple months ago. And I'm like, I'm going to do one of those during the coldest week of the year when I'm not at the Super Bowl. So Radio Row has become Crab Cake Row. We're going to stick around with Femi and the folks from Turnaround. Stay with us. I'm Nestor. We are WNST, AM 1570 Towson, Baltimore. And we never stop talking Baltimore positive. <laughs> 